0: It's the Saturday Friends Club.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome. It's twenty eighteen.
2: No, the- howling at the moon? What was oh, that, Meg? No we're, we're howling for the moon because none of us have died already.
1: <laughs> we're still alive. You know, the sad thing is that we do record these episodes a little bit in advance. So, so we if this... could die.
2: <laughs> we could
1: die tonight and we never we'll Why never you have, have seen. to jinx
3: us. Why? <laughs> Look, we're going to have to go back and re-record this and do some actual editing, and nobody wants to do that. It's like, all
2: right, so
1: we all died, uh, but oddly enough, <laughs> the afterlife includes podcasts. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: What do you think ghosts do with all of their time? I was
2: going to say, like, this is the modern reboot of Ooh. Poltergeist. Ooh.
3: Oh, not, hold on a second. Can you imagine the amazing podcast like a family of people from like 1890 would have at the commentary of today's life? Ooh, my, oh my dead God, brother,
1: my dead brother and me.
3: <laughs> 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 my ghost, my ghoul and me. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so we'll uh, welcome to the Saturday Friends Club, your collection of weirdos that listen to old stuff and watch old movies and games, and
2: you, you know, know. I think hide. our mission statement has changed a little bit
1: since we began. By, well, it <laughs> has, we've changed a little bit since this yeah. began. This is officially like the year episode. We is started. It? We started around the uh, first week of January, so oh. this is. We didn't hit fifty-two, but uh, we are officially one year old. Wow. We...
4: Holy oh, crap. Wah. Wah, wah. And. The Mare, year it has see, been. <laughs> well, I don't. I quit. I'm <laughs> leaving the podcast. You, no, you. you right.
2: steal
1: yourself for this episode. All right, hold on. Let's let's make sure we get this. By the way, I am Josh. Oh yeah, right. Okay. Hi, Josh. Over, hi, hi, Mags. That's Mags. Hi, I'm Mags. <laughs> yeah, this one's Martin. Hi. Uh, that one's Eric. Yeah, I'm here. Sabrina's here. <laughs> Okay, and we we talk about... Uh, Well, okay,
3: see, the thing about this introduction thing is it allows new listeners to figure out which voice is which, so that's the only sound you can make for the rest of this review. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Otherwise, you will confuse just, the new listeners.
2: Just a, seri- a symphony of farts. Are the new listeners gone yet? Yes. I mean, it is the wall, so...
3: <laughs> I mean, we wanted to start okay, on Okay, if you a, did a... start with the wall, new listener, the theoretical new listener, go this back, is the episode go, you yeah. started with, could you please write to us at Sat Friends Club and tell me why? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I assume that there's probably somebody in their 40s that is picking this up going like, whoa, they did the wall, crazy I man. I want to hear a please bunch do.
3: of 30 to 25-year-olds talk about the wall.
2: Just a couple, just a couple of like twenty to thirty year old children, babies, one year old, talking about the wall.
3: Wow. I want to hear this this millennial gestalt talk on the wall.
2: I like that we've been assigned. We are we are the millennial gestalt. I
3: I,
4: I approve. We are, z- we are a millennial
2: we gestalt. Are z- we are z- the zeitgeist
1: of yes. the times.
4: <laughs> Uh,
1: <laughs> so yes, every week uh, we bring forth something that we have seen from our childhood or mm. earlier in our lives to see if
2: it actually lives up to which, our standards. Which, by the way, if you saw this during your childhood, dear God,
1: good
3: luck. I'm Sorry, you must have hi, really Charles Manson. Childhood. It's good to see you again. Yeah. <laughs> How's
4: prison treating
3: you?
2: Yeah, he's uh, he's b-
3: dead, isn't he?
5: <laughs>
2: Not yet. No. no? He's d- oh no, he died. Oh, oh, he, yeah. did. oh, oh he did just he oh. recently. Oh, oh yeah, that's right.
4: Oh. The
3: news. It wasn't reported because no one gave
4: a shit. Poor Charlie. I mean, it did, it, it did get reported. I saw it.
2: I heard. Yeah, th- I heard about that.
4: I read about it on the Guardian.
1: I know he seemed like a cool guy. I don't know. You know, <laughs> except for all the like accidental,
2: like the
4: oh, purposefully accidental murders, alleged. Yeah. Oh, no, no, he was.
3: He got <laughs> sent. That's why he's in jail. <laughs> Was it wasn't like a tax evasion I, sort of shtick.
2: I'm I, I'm I'm founding I'm starting the Charles Manson Innocence Project uh, right here. I brought you all here to announce that.
3: A- <laughs> it's funny that that's wow. so close to CHIMP as an acronym, so you should backronym that.
2: Ooh, there we go. I like Ooh, the idea. Wow. It's a monkey. <laughs> it's like, what is this organization? And they're like, Charles Manson. You need to what? get
3: a chimpanzee in a business suit and a fake law degree, and I will be behind you 100% on this project. Uh, Nothing can go
4: wrong. Yeah.
3: This is a lot of side chatter.
1: It, <laughs> this is, is, it this is. is. This is. This is. Very on point for well, our we podcast. Should, we yeah. should start off, yes. Yeah, so we
2: um, this week uh, I selected okay. the Pink Floyd movie The Wall. You did, and why, why did
1: you pick? Why? Why? <laughs> why? Did you why? want to torture us? No. But it's
3: not been a, a good couple of months. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry. Go on. So explain uh, your crimes. Yeah, I, I
2: I have I, I selected this like this is something I have I saw like a while back and I've seen once or twice. So this, uh, this this thing I picked, I felt this was this was worthy of discussion because I am I'm, I'm gonna like strip admit, no, you will not have your fun with me. I am not here to defend this movie. I'm here to I'm I'm, I'm here to talk about it. I think it's worthy to talk about things that fail and it but fail in interesting ways.
3: I I want to say like the theme for this sort of triplet of episodes. <laughs> it was, was unintentional. Well, well no, we had intentionally the bleak midwinter, which by the way, <laughs> one of my favorite hymns. Um, as an atheist, um, uh, an excellent hymn, an excellent theme for this January, yes. also for last January, but we missed the, you know, we we missed. We it. started, yeah. yeah. But so, uh, but also our second accidental theme was movies who bring on topics and themes they are ill-equipped to handle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: That's yeah, That's a good way, like, movies that, like, go real big and do not capture everything that they open up.
3: Yeah, okay, so we've just opened this giant can of worms. We're gonna take this little bitty baby one out of the corner, and we'll deal with this, and leave this, the, all of it for, yeah, we'll just leave the rest.
2: Of it. And that worm is Roger Walters. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I selected this because, I don't know, like, I, 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 uh, I don't know, do we want to hit the magic button first or do we want to get straight into it? Uh, well, go ahead and explain, like, your back your background with it <laughs> co- real okay, fast. Okay, so, so the background begins with my father. <gasps> no, I know it's basically, like, as a kid growing up, did I he, really... Did he die in World War II? No, no.
4: <laughs> did he die in World War One?
3: No. Did, he wow. at the, did he die
4: did he die the My father <laughs> <laughs> My father
2: yeah. No um basically like I, as a kid Mom I I cut the
3: turkey baster in the free uh, sorry <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh hold on
4: Okay
2: Wow Okay <laughs>
3: If he died in World War One, that would be the only way. Anyway, sorry.
2: <laughs> or, or he's Bruce Willis from uh, th- from Twelve Monkeys. Spoiler alert for Twelve Monkeys. Um, uh, I'm not
3: so... sure that was comprehensible enough to be. Anyway, sorry. Go on. You had Moving
2: on. Uh, so anyway, my background for this is: as a kid, I really liked music and everything. I thought, but I grew up in the era of Walkman and. Um, and that CD era, and so I was using a the
3: very c- short-lived Discman era.
2: Yeah, the the men of discs. Nice. <laughs> I, was, um, I
3: remember having pockets in my jeans big enough to put a Discman in. Yes, and then that was that was that. like peak. That was the peak. late '90s, early 2000s. It
2: was, and that, that, so that that's kind of the. I'm, this is for me. This is like uh, like late mid to late-ish '90s, and it was my dad and like both my parents actually were you know. Avid music listeners, I think, were well, younger.
3: I oh, was, I was really hoping you we were going to say big dope heads. But go N- no. on
2: <laughs> no, no, but like, uh, but basically, no. I mean, my, my dad grew up in the '70s and everything, so he had he has a pretty big collection of of CDs and actually vinyl. I listened to a lot of vinyl as a kid. Um, that
3: explains so much. Well, but it,
2: like, it was this is before it was a hipster thing. It was literally just like, hey, there's a turntable and there are records, and I like listening to Weird album 3D, and I have that on vinyl. It's awesome. That's like that's a a bunch of memories as a kid on that. But basically, so I like listened to a lot of what my dad listened to because I have his collection. Because it was like you know Napster didn't exist and you had to go buy CDs and like I don't know I'm like I'm in like I'm in elementary school like what's a what's a what's buying music, right? So um, Mm -hmm. I saw I mean so so my background involves a lot of like a lot of dad rock and it's all like the various things I picked up. I think the the height of which is like I I listened to Peter Gabriel. And also, and uh, stuff so like Genesis, a lot of that, um, and yeah, some Pink Floyd. So I think as a result, I'm like a kind of like a middling Pink Floyd fan. Uh, I de- like The Wall is definitely not my favorite album by Pink Floyd. What
3: is your favorite Pink Floyd album?
2: Um, I think it's, oh, I mean I, this will be the the ultimate hipster answer of it's it's Wish You Were Here. <laughs> <laughs> Max sighs.
1: I mean, Wish You Were Here. I think is their best song. But i say it's their best song in the fact that it actually sounds like a goddamn song. <laughs> it's not just like weird noodling. <laughs> it's, not, it's not masturbating Chimes.
3: via guitar yeah. no, I, for I, 45 minutes. And, and again, this is my opinion on prog Rock in general.
2: Right. And I, I, I will totally acknowledge, I get why people don't like this. I, com- I fully acknowledge that. That makes complete sense. I see you. I hear you. It's cool. It's just like, so I, but I just remember I listened to Pink Floyd and Neil Young and Peter Gabriel and all the like, all the stuff that was in my dad's like drawer of CDs. And so this Pink Floyd's one of them. And so I just, I I listened to it and then I discovered the wall. And I was going to say my background, my, the, the, the key for my background in this is, the wall was like this. This was my like brief and incredibly uneventful like edgy teenage phase. Good God, it was like it was this. It was like it's the wall.
5: That was your edgy teenage phase.
1: That's
2: a ba- that's as bad you, as it got. You
1: had a fifteen minute period where you're just like authority. Ugh.
2: It the, mo-
3: the movie's longer than that. Come on. It's
2: more. It's more just like it's like it's it's so dark and cool and it's oh. deep. And eh, like again, I'm like I'm a I'm a Look literal. At these metaphors. I mean, yes, I like I'm in literal middle school. Cut me a little bit of slack, <laughs> <laughs> please. Surrealism. I, I know you're as as you're all ready to pounce. It's like yes, I I like I, I, I liked the I liked the album. I think I actually do like the music for this still. And I, I at the time, was like, "Yeah, it's so dark and cool, man." But and so I I get—I
3: don't want to say that I'm on your side. Uh, You you
2: understand it where I'm coming from. Yeah,
3: no, absolutely, I do. I think if somebody had shown me this in like when I was. Like, just beginning to sort of form my identity, and again, like, I had a very brief rebellious period early on, and then, like, cut that out, and was a young Republican for a bit, and then now I am who I am, so, like, obviously, I just let that simmer for a bit, and then cracked the can on that later, Uh, but also, like, I really expect, I don't like Pink Floyd, I really just aggressively cannot stand... Um, like my favorite genres of music are punk and bluegrass, both genres known for like leaning forward and being done quick, you know, (laughs) like the song gets faster the longer you play it. So it just gets shorter every time you play it. Uh, like, so prog rock for me is like just the antithesis of what I like with music. Um, uh, so I was really expecting to come into this and just loathe it. And I was like, just don't come in here and tear this apart. And like, mostly what I have to say is that I was bored. That's, Mm. I mean, that's
2: like, it's. So I
1: I think. So I'm
3: not ready to pounce. I'm ready to take a nap.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: All right. Well, if if we well go ahead and.
4: Well, I, I just wanted to kind of come a little bit to Eric's defense because I had I had not listened to Pink Floyd before and I wasn't really familiar with who they were as a band. So for me, watching the wall, it was actually kind of interesting to listen to the album, and I found it actually kind of appealed to me. So they, I'm kind of like interested in learning more about Pink Floyd after watching this film.
2: The the album like, I it, the the movie has its own things but the album is good. Like if, if if you're able if you are someone who can enjoy Pink Floyd, I would like to recommend the album, the album is quite, the album is quite interesting. It's I, I it's it's a better representation of itself. Than the movie is. Yes.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> As they actually say, I think that the, uh, the musician that this is based off of... Roger yeah, Waters. Roger Waters. Waters is just like, yeah, the movie is like the least interpretation of The Wall.
2: Well, it's, and It was just like, it was this awful experience for basically everyone involved. Everyone who watched, even the people who liked it was like, yeah, this movie was like really hard to get through. Well,
1: let's all ha- talk about yeah. how this was a bad experience for all people involved. How about we get into Pink Floyd's The Wall? She, okay. She, or, granted, yes. Yeah. Good song. Another good brick song. in
2: the wall, which you actually, you will hear at least once a day on our local like dad rock station, <laughs> God like ninety eight the the, the the bone. Fog. The whatever it is. No. The bone. One hundred
5: seven point <laughs> <laughs> seven.
2: We play. Bone. We play the Stones and Pink Floyd, and that's it. Welcome to W Dad. Welcome to exactly. <laughs> W Dad. W <laughs> W Dad. Uh, all right. So uh, Pink Floyd, The Wall. What can you tell us about it? You say, I have a feeling that you're actually, this is an actual question is like, please explain this movie to me.
1: Well, it's... Uh,
2: okay. All right, so... Well, I, I can read yeah, the, the yeah, whole go, tagline. Go for it. Go it. ahead. It's a 1982 British live action slash animated musical drama film directed by Alan Parker with animated segments by political cartoonist uh, Gerald Scarfe. And that's actually the first thing I wanted to bring up was this is drawn by animated... The animated sequences of this movie are drawn by a British political cartoonist and that is why everything looks horrifying. Yes. If you ever seen British political cartoons, it's kind of the 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 way you do it. it everything is grotesque and awful.
1: It's like Monty Python's Flying Circus, except like
0: bad. real bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's
2: like, but that's meant to be whimsical and like. But if you ever read like a legit British political cartoon or anything like that, and and like Scarf is well known. He's apparently illustrated for New York uh, for the New Yorker, and there are other there are other era uh, artists of that era, and they draw. And they like all of their cartoons are this kind of like nightmarish like color palette and everything. I'm just used to ones of like,
1: you know, Uncle Sam holding up a snake that says taxes. Like it's,
3: it's we're not a subtle people.
2: No, no. (laughs) British cartoons are actually the opposite. They're like you have to. They'll have everyone has a caricature and it's some very specific things. So if you have no idea, it's like why? Why is it whenever they draw David Cameron
3: true? British politics fans will understand.
2: Yes. And basically, uh, the one thing to know about British politics this is a fun aside is yeah, no one likes their ca- their poli- their politicians or candidates or parties. Like, everyone just hates everyone. And it's like, we talk about how much how divisive politics in our America, it's the opposite in Britain. Like, everyone just, everyone just hates their politicians. And it's not until very recently when we have when we have certain Corbins in which, like, people actually have liked their politicians. But, so this, this follows the great British, like, Illustra- illustrative tradition of everything is horrifying and disgusting, um, but yes, yeah, so it is based on the the same the the likewise named album by Pink Floyd, and and they were all obviously involved in it, um, and yeah, it's it is the thing to straight up if if for anyone else who has seen this, and I'll say this to everyone else is like yes, this is basically like a dr- this is Dream Logic, and this entire movie is basically in a solid. Feature-length music video for the album. Yeah,
1: the the way that the only way I think I can attribute the entire plot of the movie is that it follows. You
2: you mentioned his name again. So okay, so I mean the uh, the the like I can run through the plot real quick, but it's basically it's the the character's name is Pink. Yes, it is actually revealed. It's I don't think they say it in the movie, but it's in the album that his name is Pink Floyd. Yeah, they never state that. Yeah, in in the in the album, there's a there's they have some like samples. They drop one of them is like. Collect call from Mr. Floyd to Mrs. Floyd and so that that's the kind of the setup for it is he's this stand-in for Roger waters and this album is like a dramatization kind of semi autobiographical thing about his own actual struggles with depression and a bunch of this stuff so like I, I get where this is coming from it's like this is a very like Overwrought uh, uh, interpretation of it.
1: I was also like the 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 main thing that makes it so difficult for me to really like dig into it is the fact that it is like a very personal story with yes. laid bare. Like this is this is essentially a guy like coming to terms with like the fact he never met his father and the fact of just like oh it kind of sucks to be a musician when you know everybody that seems to love you doesn't really know you. You know, there's it's a lot of stuff laid right there on the table and it. Tries like it's trying to be trippy. It's trying to be deep, but in all cases, it's kind of hedged in this song that just goes off. Yeah, and
2: and I I will say, like, I think
1: on a a, a a oh,
3: sorry, I was just gonna
2: say, like, on a surface level, this is why I think it would appeal to someone like who's looking for some real, like, angsty.
3: Yeah, like there's some real, like, there's real pain here. Like, it's very clear that like he has a lot of stuff that he's trying to process. (laughs) But, like, also on the other hand, like, there's a certain level of, like, uh, like, I don't want to say, like, melodrama is part of it. But, like, you know, when somebody, you know somebody who has a problem that everyone has and they make it out to seem like, I'm the only person in the world right. who's ever gotten a parking ticket. Yeah. And you're like, buddy, that's an experience we all have. Obviously, like, to lesser degrees, like, I'm not trying to play, like, oppression right. Olympics here. But, like, it just felt like I'm the only person in the world who's had the, and I'm like,
2: buddy. Well, and it, it's even weirder because when they were making the album, so it, I'll say this much for people like, skipping ahead just slightly: is the song towards the beginning uh, when the tigers broke free that is in the movie but not in the album, and that was apparently vetoed from the album because they thought it was too personal. Um, hmm. And it was interesting, and then but then also odd that like the movie doesn't have Hey You in it, and that's or in the, the movie doesn't have it, and it's in the album, and that's considered like one of the best songs in the album. Um, but so that yeah, I think the idea is like this was I think Roger Waters still felt like, I really want to get this this story out, and it was like the album was uh, is a little more like is a little more artsy about it, and mm, yeah and I think, I think we were discussing, Martin and I were saying it's like, I think this is more accessible, honestly, without the visuals, mm-hmm. because in the, when you're listening to the album, it's kind of like appearing in your head, and you you're kind of putting your own emphasis on it, and the movie is just like, oh no, here's what's going on, and it's like crazy.
4: Yeah, and I think that when you have that opportunity to be able to visualize it in your own head, you're able to kind of delve deeper into it and personalize it a bit more because then you can kind of add your own element into what. Yeah, it and I
3: think like this is sort of like a series of music videos for a concept it album, is. sure, more or less. And like, but the thing about like music videos is that like you need like they have a certain level of like dramatization and like you have to get really excited right. or whatever. Yeah, but like, there's no break, like there's right. no coming like it's the pacing is like all over the it yeah. doesn't
2: it doesn't come together as a as a narrative even for something that is like made literally like a a dream narrative. logic yeah yeah and, and, and that's the kind of thing i i think because they they, they talk about you can read about it online but apparently the original idea for this was they were going to take their live show and it was just going to be like a real glossy present kind of like uh, stop making sense for talking heads it was like a real glossy, like, film version of their live show. Oh, okay. And it was going to okay. be interspersed with these animated sequences. And then, and then they thought, no, let's, let's, like, spin this into a movie. And I think that's where the problem is. It's like, no, this really, like... And I have, I have not... I've seen clips from it. I've not watched all the way, but, the, like, the live show for The Wall had this big stage production. They had sets and, like, puppets and big things. And it was a little more whimsical. And just as far as, like, it, it's it's not just as, like, oppressively, just, like, heavy as the movie is. And so I think it were just, just works better. And I think even, I think even Roger Waters' agree was like, like you were saying, like, yeah, this is kind of a misfire as far mm-hmm. as adaptations of this story. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's roll through the plot real right. quick and hit the, hit the points. So as I said, it's, it's, it kind of follows a dream logic. It's basically, it's, it, it does follow somewhat of a linear path, but it jumps around and there's it's this dream imagery and it's, and it's got animated sequences. Um, what so much was blend into the live action which i it 's kind of cool i actually like i will say i still like the animation in this even if it 's horrifying it's it's interesting <laughs> so the the plot it starts off and it's, uh, it 's uh it's the character we establish a, kind of along the way is pink and he 's like a rock star and it starts off kind of start like there 's a couple opening scenes of that um where they show him in kind of these these different incarnations but um it 's Yes, yeah, it's, it's it, but the main. It really starts off with him. He's sitting alone in a hotel room, um, and he's watching old like war movies and everything. And it kind of leads into the first part of the story, which establishes that like he is he's a boy growing up in the fifties. His father was killed at the Battle of Anzio in World War Two, and it's you know like, this is getting into World War Two discussion, but the Ita- the entire Italian campaign was like a waste of lo- time and lo- people's lives. It's the pointless, a pointless like footnote in this war, like they, a lot of people died in Italy for no reason. It was, like it was not a fight that needed to be had. It, like it didn't, it didn't help end the war quicker. And but his father is killed, um, and so he's never known his father. It's, it's established that he, his father died when he was like five months old, um, and as a result, like he's growing up in, in post-war England. It's, you know, it's it's a depressing time. And Despite
3: it, having just defeated Nazis, like this was a strong time for fascism in Britain. Yeah, it was. I
2: mean, it's like the post-war Britain is not a fun place. They're recovering from the Blitz, and the Blitz kind of features in some of the animation sequence animation sequences. And I, it's also established kind of loosely, but it's that his mother clearly did not take the death of his, of the, of his father very well, and so she really smothers him. And I'll, 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 I'll expand on this later, but I, I would like to talk about this movie and portrayal of the female characters in his life. <laughs> go which, for it not good yeah. yeah so i i don't under like you know but this is one of those things like it's hard it's i, I it's hard to know where i stand on this because like i don't i don't think the movie is intentional is trying to be like you know women are terrible and everything like this and they're always bad influences and it, i think it just is his personal experience of like this is why this is bad
3: yeah like it's clearly a dream and so everything is or like like you said dream like logic and so everything is sort of like imbued with extra sort of things like a sort of like ideological velcro (laughs) um so like these figures come with all of the sort of like societal and whatever right like they come with a lot of sort of mental baggage on the part of our unreliable narrator right but yeah like did he not take the time to know any women that weren't either his mother or sex objects like
2: no and i i think it could be said also that it's just this is a reflection of he's a he's a very broken person yeah Mm
3: -hmm. yeah no and like because it's not the kind of movie where it like it takes itself far enough back to cast judgments on the on the way that he views people like it's it's obviously his story from his perspective with no um
2: context further
3: yeah like no stepping back from that at all so like yeah. yeah.
2: Well, we'll talk about that as it goes. But it's basically like the movie starts off and it's establishing him this kind of background, uh, and there's an animated se- like it, it. There's there's a couple in- like it's basically it'll show some narrative. There's very little dialogue, and then it'll occasionally intersperse with animated sequences. And it's all mostly mostly all of it is over the actual music of the album. Uh, so this, the animated sequence for uh, for Goodbye Blue Sky, which is really dark.
5: Yeah.
3: That's the one with the bird.
2: I I actually thought like I, I think that's uh, my. F-
3: favorite one yes
2: a friend of the show dan and i both agreed that the shot of like the, it, it's it's a, the it's like real film and it kind of blends into an ambient sequence and they show a dove and and you know it's clearly peace and everything and the dove like as it flies through the screen like explodes in blood and guts and it's like the sky darkens and it's the like the giant black eagle of war and it like unfolds and it's just like that's
3: such, it's great shot It's really
2: cool like that whole sequence is really dark and like ooh, like really uncomfortable it's uncomfortable, but,
3: like but satisfying.
4: It's, 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 a good it's, it's cool. It's good to look at. Yeah, yes. it is really, I, really impressive.
2: I would. I think you can go on YouTube, just search for just the animated sequences from this movie, and I think that's, like, cool. Just watch uh, that. That's A that. much more satisfying experience. Yes, basically. Yeah.
4: And also have the album playing, obviously. Yeah.
2: But so basically, it, yeah, it shows him, like, he has his experiences that, like, they show some of, like, the kind of collective trauma of the post-war era, and then him growing up as a kid, he's in this, like, horrible, cartoonishly evil boarding school, and that leads into one of the other sequences for the, the song, Another Brick in the Wall. And it's like, he, he, he's this like lonely kid. He's not a father. And it's kind of, I think it's kind of implied he's also kind of a loner. And he's in this horrible, oppressive like British boarding school system. And again, they also show this. Again, this is like his teacher is this horrible curmudgeon who spends all of his time like bringing him, him down, man.
3: Yep. makes fun of him for writing poetry. Well, he makes fun
2: of him for writing the lyrics to their from from Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Right. And um, and well, and then they show also that the the teacher is t- is venting all his anger about his like about his horrible wife.
3: Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be his wife or his mother.
2: It's supposed to be like well, it's, like you know, like the lyrics is like, and their wives that thrash them to an inch, within an inch of their life.
3: Yeah, because that's generally the relationship men and women had in the fifties.
2: Yeah, I I could, like. I like it's all for all the horrible stuff like I could like it's it's England in the 50s I believe it. I believe that it was this awful.
3: Oh, I believe that it was that awful. I'm just saying like yeah, that's probably yeah. not. Yeah, anyway.
2: Well so that they, sh- they and they I like, I know I I like the sequence where like he's there's a musical sequence about uh where he's in school and it's about the the school and he's, you know turning children into mincemeat, which is, like, the kids, and they're all wearing these, like, melty face masks.
4: I really actually appreciated this sequence of the film. It was probably one of my favorites, including, of course, the song there. <laughs> it was, like, the way it was done was just kind of cold, but so mechanical. Not to mention those masks made it really creepy, but very, I, I kind of like the visual of those like, You know, kids. very
3: clearly, like, turning these
4: individuals into... Yes. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is like this is like kind of like the banking model of education at its <laughs> at, this work. at its peak. This is know? the
2: most cartoonishly evil like school system imaginable. And the, the musical sequence, yeah, the the kids are being marched into a giant meat grinder and it's like grinding them into sausage. Yeah, it's um,
4: it's gory. It's. Weird, That's weird. But then uh, you a little bit later into the sequence, you kind of get to the kids like basically They're destroying. Rebe- they, rebel, they rebel.
2: They destroy the school and light the school on fire, and then they throw the teacher on the fire. And it's, he snapped out of it. And he's just you know daydreaming, and it's like oh yeah. But
4: that but was that was really enjoyable. I like that.
2: They they, they do show a sequence. I, I would say we skipped by it a little bit, but it's the the kind of thing I think is the I think is supposed to be the first like opening scene of the story mm. is the is a uh, pink as a kid finding his father's uniform and his oh. like and his bullets and everything. And that's that's when they play that song when the tigers broke free, and um, and so that's kind of that's kind of the genesis of it. And he's being sent into the school system, um, and it's kind of implied his mother is you know because again she's a woman in this movie she's like smothering him and I don't know like yeah it's it, it, and it kind of time jumps ahead of that he becomes a musician um, he's this very kind of you know eighties Motley Crue rock and roll kind of thing going for him. But I think it's implied that's in he he can't relate to other people in the outside world and he's getting closed off. They have more the musical they have another musical number, and it's at this point that they establish the character of his wife. I think it's supposed to be he married, but they're very distant, and then she starts having an affair, which is kind of like shown a little bit. Mm -hmm. And they have another animated sequence in which she turns into like a flower vagina monster. Yeah
4: that was oh. dude obviously has
3: issues with women which is not surprising Uh,
2: yeah there, there's the famous animated sequence is the two flowers uh, <sighs> which I think is supposed to be like I think it's it's the sex scene but it's supposed to show like it's a sex scene but it's like harsh but and disturbing but the women
3: are consuming and how right. dare she require things of him in this relationship
2: and then she turns into a pterodactyl and flies away Whee! yes uh but it, it's one of those ones
1: I uh, you can't
3: have it both ways Mr. Waters. I
2: think that the visual <laughs> I think I thought that was an effective visual though. It's just like it's like the whole sequence is like just, just is like it's cr- gross
3: yes. it's, and like antagonistic but you can't look
2: away from it. It's like
1: this no, is so No, no, weird. no. I think like
3: it's an excellent like excellent piece of art.
1: Well, but I also felt it was also long and up its own ass. Well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's but, the whole movie, the whole yeah, movie, the whole movie. Yeah,
3: like that's the the price you pay for entry.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it's like. Let's let's not forget that a lot of this movie is so uh, so far up its yeah. own ass. <laughs> but, yes, but basically,
3: yes, this absolutely. But like, I, I sort of like at least, the, and this is a theme for this triplet of episodes that like something brings up this cool idea. Like you usually think of like, especially in a relationship, like sex is this sort of like positive thing, and this shows it like as antagonistic and like as antagonistic between flowers. You know, like, that's some cool imagery. I think it, like, reveals some very deep-seated issues. Yes. But, like, you know, like, it was cool to look at, if gross, and wildly up its own ass. Yes.
2: yes. It, it, this movie is incredibly pretentious. We'll just get that right out of the way. Um, but this is, I mean, this is the kind of sequence, and then that leads into, th- this is supposed to be, like, Pink has, he realizes his wife's having an affair, and they, I like that they, they cut, like, the wife having sex with the other guy, and it's like... The most, un- it's like the most clumsily executed sex scene.
4: It is, yeah. It's, it's just
2: naked thrashing, pretty much. Yeah, I and mean, it's
3: not quite the room bed. <laughs> no, like, but it few things in the world we are. We don't, we don't have
2: to watch like Tommy Waiso's like Driftwood, butt just like, <laughs> God, gotta eat a
3: sandwich, Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. Uh, eat, uh. yeah.
2: So it's, but they show that, and I think this is supposed to be, uh, and then he has a, I think it's supposed to be in in a kind of a moment of revenge. He he brings this groupie back to his room. But he has like a rock and roll drug freakout and like destroys the room and breaks all the windows and shatters everything.
1: And the only reason yeah. I can think he does that is that, and I think this was somewhat stated, but the fact of just like, oh, he can't connect with people, and also these groupies just w- are on your coattails not because they actually like your music, but because they like your fame.
2: Yeah, yeah. and it, I think it's multiple things. This is a very, a very stere- like stereotypical rock and roll story. But Roger Waters has said this is like he the idea for the wall came about partially. There's a stage in their career when they were fi- they were feeling really distant from their fans. and it just felt like this weird production, and so it's all feeding into it. And this is this is the uh, this kind of roughly corresponds with the end of the first disc for for the wall. And that's when he they have an animated sequence right out of the, the leading up to this called uh, uh, empty spaces. And this is where the animated sequence showing like the wall being built, and it's him walling himself off from everyone else. And I don't know I like the, I like the transformation sequence. I thought that was my favorite scene in that, where like the the kind of like fleshy pink puppet that represents him transforms into a variety of things, and it all like blends together. I thought that was interesting. Mm. And uh, and then then that that kind of ends, um, and that's supposed to be the wall going up. And the, even at the end, he kind of he has the song about his mother, and he says like Why did why did it have to be quite so high? And it's like so, so it's starting to kind of show the. The uh, that the the kind of regrets he's having, and then the second half of the movie is he's m- built the wall, and it's again it's it's hard to describe the narrative here, but
3: he becomes Hitler.
2: Well, okay, well, get leading into that <sighs> oh, is boy. they oh, geez. they cut back into the real world, and he's like I think he's like, he's like overdosed in his hotel room.
4: Yeah, he, he uh, he's overdosed. He basically has he, gone through and shaved his entire body, but at the same time was like nicking different parts. Yeah, of Yeah, so he's all
2: cut up, and then.
3: That yeah. was actually, like, a really interesting, uh, uh, like, I actually quite liked this sequence. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Why is like, that? Because uh, he was hurting. No. Because um, he's a terrible person who deserves to suffer. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Like, well, because, like, what he's doing is, like, maintenance and, like, what is normally, like, an active, like, to use maybe modern terms is, like, self-care and, like, setting mm-hmm. things to order. And like, he's just, dis- it's, it's, it's an act of, but he's turning it into an act of destruction.
4: Right. And right. like,
3: he, for obviously like, dream logic reasons is in this is like white, incredibly sterile room and he's covering it. He's not covering it, but like, there's this scene where like, he takes apart his razor he takes apart his safety razor and he snaps the blade in half and like, he's turning what is normally an act of becoming like, uh, of like self-determination and like, haircutting is usually, like, a big sign of, like, person changing and, like, setting off new beginnings and stuff. And so he's turning into this thing, which is, like, uh, like, like, this is what I look like, this is what I will look like, you know, like, turning a grooming sort of activity into, um, like, just destruction. Right. he takes himself apart, you know? And, like, there's a scene where you're looking at this very white... um, Uh, like a sink full of suds and then you see like the drops of blood dripping into it and like that's really like you get such a cool image and like that's one of the things I sort of like about this movie there's some really cool like, this is the kind of stuff that, like, you know, when you were in college and you're sitting around Stone, you'd be like, oh, man, I just have this idea, and it would look really cool. So yeah.
4: deep. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah. And, like, yeah, sure. I mean. Yeah, and I can see where you're coming from that, because there really is a kind of, like, destruction of an identity is what Right, really like, he is.
3: starts shaving his chest, and it doesn't look like that he ever has before. Yeah. Like, you can see he's lashing out.
4: Yeah, he's right. lashing like, out his... against himself, and he's lashing out against... That image of who he was.
3: Yeah, exactly. So like, it's really interesting and like says a lot and communicates a lot about what he's feeling and stuff. Yeah. And no, it, I see what you're doing with that. And so that
2: moment is, I think, it's when he's overdosed and he's like shaved and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think this is actually one of the few moments where they go back to reality. And it's like his manager has to like kick down his door and they run in and like, oh, they like, and it they have the sequence for comfortably numb, which is a great song. Uh, and they have to like. It's clearly like his. He's clearly split, about to perform, and he's going into this like he's like overdosed on drugs. So they they inject him with something, and they are like, oh come on, come on, look, get him up, get him up, get him up. And they and his his manager played by Bob Hoskins.
3: God yes, what a beautiful beautiful job.
2: Beautiful job by a not so beautiful man. No. God, God rest his soul though. I like, he's a great great actor. Um, and so they get him up, and I think it, then it lapses back into his dream world in which he, uh, yeah, like I said, becomes. No, this is, okay, and this is my, the weakness of my interpretation of this movie. I don't know where all this fits in, the, in it, but he becomes, like, I think it's just part of his, like, destruction of his previous self is, like, I'm going to go the complete opposite. And he becomes this kind of, like, he becomes a mind Nazi. <laughs> it's,
3: it's it's really weird.
2: It's weird. He becomes, he, he, like, as he's being, clearly being taken to the concert by his... Staff. He's transforming, and he becomes kind of like becomes like the the pink like flesh doll, and he tears it all off. And underneath it, he's like a skinhead. Yeah. And he's wearing a smart black uniform, and instead of a swastika, it's the two crossed hammers, yep. which a lot of you have seen. That's kind of become a, a big thing with the with the wall, and that leads into the song where he's he's it's again. I, I think this is meant to be. This is all in his head, and it's supposed to be. This is what's going on in his head while he's because it's like set up like a rock concert.
3: But yeah, it's a neo Nazi so like, rally. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 like all teenagers in the, right. in the crowd. Um and like I think this like I am generally dissatisfied with dad rock. Um <laughs> and, and the people who sort of like listen to it. I don't wanna that's a, a a more maybe more of a blanket statement than I'm willing to make or than I should make or something. Um but like I really like the idea that like especially here in 2000 and now as we're recording 2017 um like to talk about how these images of rebellion are actually still a concerted image like and this is a movement like you're like oh rock and roll is about rebellion and feeling stuff you're all doing and feeling the same things you're all wearing the same dumb things like this is no different than uh i mean like it is it is it is. It has very like it has similarities, and there's power in that. And like listening to people who, in their youth, tried to rebel, who are now trying to like make people fit into a mold. I'm like, do you not see? Do you not see how you are?
2: And I think that was this. I think that was the idea behind the scene. It was like, yeah, but there. It's like rock and roll, but it's just like a neo-Nazi rally, man. You're like. Yeah, I I think that's kind of, I think there was a lot of like long bong rips in between.
3: Just yeah, no, the, absolutely.
2: The writing for this movie, just the most like heady but not heady discussions <laughs> going into this. But it is like it's like a really intense scene, and it's like it it's yeah.
4: It's I mean, really good. I mean, it's gross and terrible, but it's also effective. Great. Yeah, yeah, no, it's and it's high energy and it's in your face. And right. I mean, just and the the scaling of it too is when they are actually starting to call out the different groups. Of right. People. He star- Yeah, he starts yeah. calling out
2: the people and like, if I had my way, I'd have all of you shot. Yeah. And then like it, it leads into the the video for waiting for the worms, which is like the kind of like this is like the the kind of rising climax of the movie. And they show his, his the neo-Nazi rally like they're out in the streets and they're marching and like people are fearful and terrified and the Nazis are rioting and everything and this is the, the point we yeah, got is like the, the yeah
4: yeah which is one of one of the one of the, uh, the moments in this whole sequence too that was really interesting was the um, the night of broken glass I think there was like a when they were uh, breaking up oh sorry when they were breaking apart that store. That yeah. was kind of, It was really reminiscent of that, uh, of that historical event, which, you know, if you know anything about your history in, Nazi, in the rise of Nazi Germany, that was one of the, uh, the critical moments. Well, and this
2: is, I, I think, the, 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 as I said, the song that was cut out of the, the movie versus the album is Hey You. And I believe that's that in, in the story of the album, that's the song of Pink, on, like on the on inside the wall, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um. That's that's kind of the, the, him, him on the inside of the wall, like re- realizing like oh I you know I'm walled off, and it's him trying to kind of like reach out to other people, and they do a little bit, but I think I think they they should have kept that in the the movie. I think it would have actually fit better with it. It would have been like a sympathetic shot of him being legitimately like contrite about it, what his choices he's made. Mm. But it, it kind of builds this climax, and it's finally it cuts to Pink yelling stop, and again that's the. That's the that's the trigger for like the like the real climax of the movie, which, which is, is the him sitting game. in a toilet, weeping over his own lyrics or something. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to be like yeah, I think it's I think it's implied that that's like the bathroom of the venue that he's performing yeah. at. Yeah, and he goes he he the, the, it goes into like the final big animated sequence, which is the trial, and, mm. and he goes in trial and it's a, it's a musical it's a whole musical bit, but. Uh the 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 witnesses called the
3: women in his life.
2: Yes. And like then the one schoolmaster who is a marionette directed by his evil woman
3: wife. Yeah. Yeah. Although like I sort of like the imagery of like the trauma of one person becoming the trauma of another person. Right. There's an Hmm. image where the he's holding somebody's holding a puppet of the schoolmaster being beaten by his wife, but also in turn beating uh, the school the child, yeah. yeah, Yeah, and I'm like, well, I mean, that's a really, like, that was actually, I think, a really effective image, and I think it speaks to, like, the cyclical nature of abuse, and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, but also, like, there, yeah, no sympathetic portrayals
2: of. Yeah, no. I, I mean, it's one of those things. Like, I don't think the, I honestly don't believe the movie is trying to is not. It was not saying to say that. It's just like these are it my just traumas. Happens yeah. to. Yeah, and so but this thing is like I'm not like this is the instance where I'm not willing to give the tr- like I don't think this movie is trying to be any deeper than that. I think it's perfectly fine to interpret it that way. That's just I don't know, that's just how I kind of got it. But it is certainly like I I watch that now. Having watched it now, like that was something that really struck me for the on my recent rewatching. I was like, wow, this movie is all about like how horrible like all not only will everyone, but especially the women in his life are to him. Yeah. And right. I'm wondering I'm I'm really curious as I the, mean, like,
3: I don't think it's a deliberate, like, anti woman right. statement, but I think it says something about his relationship with women yes. that he doesn't have any good relationships with women. <laughs>
4: right. And That's that
3: clearly says something about how he views that kind of person.
4: Precisely. And yeah. I think that that comes across in pretty much every moment of the film.
2: And his mother is smothering him because you can't spell smother without mother. Hey! Incisive commentary! Um, and then, yeah, the trial ends with, like, the, the one of the more famous animated sequences with the, the judge is a giant butt and legs. Oh, God, oh. God yeah. <sighs> Have you, like, even, there's a there's a gumball episode <laughs> which references this.
3: Oh, my God. And
1: oh, it's like... My... I completely like it was one of those things where going back and looking at some of the pieces to remember because there was so much of my brain you blocked
2: it out. But, but just like oh, you built yeah. a wall around yourself. Yeah, man. that's
1: that's that's somebody's ass that's yelling at me with teeth and there's its scrotum like a chin and like oh my
2: god. Again, this is this is what things look like in England. <laughs>
1: just
3: all of the time. Yeah, I don't all know the if time. you've ever been. This was the
4: documentary. It's it was a tough time. Yeah. And, and then he's the judged. And it was the worst was the of times. Of, it, and was it was the, the best of, of times.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> extremely Patrick Stewart voice, poop. <laughs>
1: All right. So, and then is that how it ends? I frankly well, zoned out for a while. It,
2: it ends with the, he finally, like the, like, the wall comes down, and it's supposed. To, I think it's supposed to be he ha- finally has his moment of realization that, like, he's on this self-destructive path. And I think it's supposed to be open to interpretation as, like, the wall's coming down, you know, maybe he's going to rebuild his life, we don't know. The ending shot is, like, the wall's been destroyed in the rubble, and they're, like, the children are back and they're kind of, like, scrounging through the rubble and a kid empties out a Molotov cocktail. Um, but, yeah, and in the, the album ends, like, one song ends, and then that's where the beginning picks up, so it's one of those, like cyclical kind of things. Hmm.
4: I was almost feeling like I was taken transported back into like World War II England where like a V two rocket just hit a church <laughs> or something. And you're just recovering. <laughs> yeah, they're just I recovering from that. I think
2: especially that's the implication is like yeah. it's after the bombings.
4: Yeah, I think that like that's that's kind of that's the kind of feel I got And from.
2: and that's the yeah, and that's the the wall. Um yeah. That's that's as best we can put like a linear narrative on this.
4: How long is
3: the wall? Uh,
2: too long. Like <laughs> too a, too like, long.
3: Like, but how long is it? Like
2: an um, hour uh, twenty minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not like uh, you know, on paper, it is not a long movie, but depending on how much you how like it, how long
3: did we take trying to just follow it from beginning to end with <laughs> yeah. English words?
2: Roughly about thirty minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so that's so that's my background. Like I, like I, I, I said I have not come here fully to defend it. I think it's highly flawed. Obviously, it's pretentious, mm-hmm. but. I think like I think even mags you have to admit they were you find like their elements are compelling.
3: Oh yeah, no absolutely. Like I really expected to come in and like just absolutely one hundred percent loathe this because I absolutely one hundred percent loathe like, Pink Floyd. I'll, I'll
2: give it like an eighty five percent loathing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean I guess I'm west of loathing. Um, like a kingdom
2: of loathing.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
3: all right, um, is that all the flash game references <laughs> <now>? <laughs> or
4: can we um a yeah, let's, let's... Yeah, so uh, uh, strong in and, bad. Like, <laughs> ha. ha, ha. <laughs> home star burner. Uh <laughs>
1: you have to burn the rope um <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, so yeah i really expected to come in and, like loathing this movie because this is the kind of thing <laughs> this is it, it yeah this is like the peak things that i hate like like uh sort of like a uh, self-congratulatory self-centered prog rock like i just i can't but like this actually had some like really and like had some really cool images and like i particularly like sort of as things are moving um, into the like the one of the last two or three animated sequences with the the, the skinhead rally and the, the Nazis and the hammers and I was like, Oh dude, this is like one I don't remember if there is a particular sort of white nationalist group that is from Britain that uses gears and I think a shovel or pickaxe.
2: Yeah, th-
1: yeah, as
3: part of mm. its sort of like insignia. Well, I...
1: there was actually a in, uh, there was a white nationalist group in the UK
2: that started using the hammers after right. this was done. Because, oh my be, god! Because one thing i said is that, that neo Nazis have zero sense of irony or yeah context. Yep. Anyway,
3: um, but yeah, so like uh, like. <sighs> And the uh, rise of fascism in Britain after the after World War II, the 60s and 70s, like, it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, but I think, like, a lot of stoner movies, and, like, no offense, like, <laughs> I like to talk up every once in a while to you guys. Like um, California. Yeah. It's almost legal. <laughs> uh, it's uh, almost recreationally I, legal. Hey,
1: it'll be 2018 when they hear this,
2: so it will be.
3: So, so hey. talk up and then listen to fire, us. Yeah, yeah, fire up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: I better call Dr. Nugs.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to say, like, for this... Well, actually, more for the next movie we're going to do, but get get the best blueberries you have oh, on hand yeah. for this one. Maybe some shrooms.
3: Like, <laughs> I think that there's... Like, it, it introduces a lot of cool ideas and, like, has a lot of cool images and a lot of things that are, like, these really intense emotional bits. But it's sort of like when you have... Like, it's like a bunch of little skits that are like, oh, there's there's something here if you wanted to sit down and develop this. Right. But, like, that wasn't what you were going for. You were like, ah, I have this narrative of me as a person surviving this trauma, um, and this is the arc I want to take, and I do have these like cool bits I'm going to sprinkle into it, but it's just like you have a, like a really dry cake that has like, little bits of fruit in it. You're like, ooh, the fruity... Uh, back to the dry sand.
2: It doesn't... Yeah, it, like, it doesn't come together. I, I think I think this is just like... A, this was just the wrong way to adapt this story.
3: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. Uh, uh, um, uh, yeah yeah. I was yeah, yeah, yeah. Great listening. I'm sorry.
2: Well, uh, let me do
1: this, Sabrina. We haven't heard much from you. What's what's your feelings? Th- this is auditory. I think this, I
2: think this this look says it all. She's she's looking at me.
1: She's looking.
3: <laughs> she's looking. Yeah, no, jokes. the look is very dry, the look. like that mouthful of cake sand that I was talking about.
2: She's giving me the look like I'm I, I'm there, I'm her cat and I've just thrown up on something. That's Visual pretty
5: much what you did. You eh. <laughs> eh. just threw up all over me. That's what you did when Oof. you
3: made me watch this.
4: Visual joke. It, it, it looked kings.
1: like as we were talking, she was
2: falling asleep as much as when she was watching. <laughs>
3: Ooh, burn!
2: Again, Ouch. I I get I a hundred percent get why people don't like this movie. No,
5: I was I was super disappointed because I my dad had that album. That was the only album he had from Pink Floyd, and I attempted to listen to it. Back when I was in high school, I was like, "Oh, Pink Floyd! I hear people talking about Pink Floyd. This seems like something I should like." I'm an edgy light. teen.
3: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I
5: listened to it, and aside from another brick in the wall, I hated every other song.
3: <laughs> I yeah. That's because Pink Floyd and is then, terrible. Not to push my own personal agenda, and,
5: but then I thought, okay, maybe if I see it in a visual context, maybe I'll like it more. And I was severely disappointed. I was like, this just makes me hate Pink Floyd even more. I
2: again, like, I I completely get. And it's not for everyone. And for me, it's just one of those things. That, like I don't know, I'm I'm one of someone who, like I watch something like this, and I like to see like what are like the little things out of this
4: that I can take and I can kind of sink my teeth into, even if the overall like just doesn't come together. And I would I would share that sentiment too. I mean, I you know I not having really known Pink Floyd when I was growing up, isn't we this the
3: album? No, Dark Side of the Moon is the one they do the laser light
4: shows with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So not having been exposed to it, it was an interesting experience for me to be able to kind of see that, and I kind of. I, I don't know. There's a part of it, part of it that does appeal to me. I kind of have, I I kind of have a bit of that, perhaps maybe edg- <laughs> edginess there, and so I was I was kind of. Um, we all have you a little.
3: Say wearing a cowl neck sweater. We we
4: all
2: we all have a l- we we all like all of us who grew up with the internet. We
4: all have that little bit of an edge lord inside of us. Exactly, <laughs> and so that 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 part of that part of me was satiated when watching the film. But it, so it was little... just so intense though and if it's, it's really it's unrelenting it's unrelenting there's no moment like, where you can get like a good respite that's not
3: true like there are definitely moments where you're just like
4: nothing is happening <laughs> that's, i don't know that's it wasn't why it was my too experience long. it wasn't my experience i mean i was really entranced into the into the whole experience of the film and i was having a hard time taking my eyes away from it even when i really wanted to and just like i need a break i can't keep watching this but i'm so i Fascinated, I want I to think, keep
2: watching. I think that's the break point on this: is like, can you get like into what's being shown? And I think, I think it's just like some people can, Do and some like people can't. Do you like
3: staring at eerily handsome British men stare at a TV? <laughs> I didn't even think he
5: was that good looking. I don't
3: think he is either. But like, he had the cheekbones that I kind of maybe it's just envy that I, I have. I think
2: with a, I think with some work, he could be a, a very attractive man.
5: I, I think what happens, what what needed to happen was I, I needed to be both high and drunk when i was watching this film and i failed both of those checks so mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah maybe if i had done that it would have been a little more interesting you should
3: maybe be in a receptive place of mind yeah
5: i was in a receptive place, place of mind and then i was I was using
3: that as a as a as a, <laughs> a euphemism it was being yeah. sarcastic okay yeah. well
5: i was trying to be receptive and mm-hmm. almost immediately i was just like
3: uh yeah uh, uh, I mean, you, you, you did
2: like a tim allen like uh, uh, uh
0: yeah. You need I to don't be. think so,
2: Tim. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Al. Um so yeah, that's that I, I like I agree. i that's I think that's a very fair assessment of it. It's like, yeah, I can get why people just don't like this. And and for me it really is, it's just like there are there are elements of this movie that are very good, but it, it does just not come together as yeah. a movie.
4: It it's way better as like like a specific music videos. Right. or a series of short yeah, videos. Watch the supercut
3: yeah like find the good good kush on youtube and find that (laughs) super cut of like the music video bits as music videos and the animations like whatever other couple scenes that whatever genius who loves this to pieces but recognizes what's approachable and what's accessible or whatever the pink floyd fan 72 i'm sure has like an excellent super cut sitting around on youtube waiting for you to watch it uh that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah, that's, the, that's yeah.
2: honestly the best. And then I, I was going to say, like, I, I posted to everyone here to watch, in our, uh, watch uh, and there, there, is, there is a, like, a happy little coda, bittersweet, for this whole story, which is that, since I said it, it's autobiographical, Roger Waters' father really did die in Anzio and everything, and uh, he never quite knew where it was, and then through, re- like, a, a couple years ago, through the work of another Veterans Association, uh, they found where his father was killed, and he he helped like dedicate like a memorial to soldiers that died in Anzio. Oh, and he had a whole Aww. thing. He went there and he played music for these veterans. And so the t- the the town kind of near where the battle took place, they have a memorial and all stuff. So there there was like so he so like actual like actual Pink IRL the real <laughs> Roger Waters
3: the actual Mr. Floyd
2: actually got some closure you know like many many years later, but he actually got some closure from this and no. so it's, like.
1: I will say just something a little bit odd about that is the fact that the the memorial like, hey, uh, this is memorials for Roger Walters. Oh yeah, and all, there are a bunch of other people died here too. I think the, it's <laughs> it's it's a weird one. It's like, hey, this this is for my dad.
2: Oh yeah, and the other people. This
1: that is died for the here. very
3: famous man who has daddy issues and could afford yes. to get oh, them this. Oh, this is yeah. this is
2: like yeah, daddy and mommy issues. The movie.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. Some interesting points. Um. So. Oh, Go ahead.
3: I was going to say, like, you mentioned that this movie was hard to make. Do you want to give us some highlights of hell, I guess? <laughs> Do um, you have those handy?
2: I don't have them handy, but really, like, it, it was just, like, production was difficult and, like, all the people involved in it fought with each other over it and, like...
3: It does seem like the kind of movie where, like, everybody has a very distinct image of what they want and are unrelenting in seeking it. And they're already...
2: These, these are... these. This is Pink Floyd at, like, the height of their power, too. So they're, like... <laughs> They are, not, they are not, they're not, they're like wizards. We are, we are, yeah, we are magical men making music. And uh, it, it just sounded like the production was difficult. It was like, it was, it got very mixed reviews when it came out, but it was one of those movies that has been reviewed much better since then. Right. Because right. I
1: think the people reviewing it either A, take it as, as a watershed like event, or they're people that are like, uh, interested in and Pink fussy. Floyd yeah. and are just like, oh, of course I love it because I love, you know, the walled album. Um, so, all right. So, some pieces that you might be interested in. Uh, Bob Dylan says that his agent first told him about the project when he was riding in a taxi, but said he didn't want to do it because he didn't like the music of Pink Floyd. Roger Waters knows this story Waters, because yeah. uh, Roger Walder, Waters knows this story not because he read it, but
2: because of the taxi driver that was his brother. <laughs> so he's just sitting there, just like Pink Floyd sucked, and the taxi driver is Roger Waters' brother. Uh, oh, so that's
4: great. Like,
1: awkward.
3: God, how, must, how awkward Christmases must be at that house.
2: Oh.
1: I, <laughs> another, uh, another fun one that might go into also, the... Also, like,
3: why don't we hear anything about the brother in this movie? Like I'm sure that there were sibling issues. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No. Just imagine being left out of the movie of your brother's life.
1: <sighs> uh, here, here's another one that might be another lady issue. one. Jenny Wright wasn't told that he was going to be throwing the bottle at her, so the reaction of ducking was totally
2: spontaneous. That's... Oof. Yeah. Well,
1: hey, let's not tell the dame I'm doing this.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, hey, yeah, I'm gonna do a little set work here. Uh, Just a little improv. Yeah. Oh, where's I lip, like ad and bottle throwing. I, I, I also wanted to like the, the, the Roger and Ebert reviews for this are, are, are amusing because they're like, this is depressing and horrifying, and we also liked it. And it's basically like, two where thumbs it? up. Yeah. No, it's like Roger. And that Ebert.
5: seems like something Roger and Ebert would like because they like everything that's bad. <laughs> Woo.
2: Wow. We're in <laughs> some heat Woo. here. I just like, uh, Gene, Robert Eder and Gene Siskel gave the movie two thumbs up. Ebert described the wall as a stunning vision of self-destruction and one of the most horrifying musicals of all time. <laughs> 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 and so it's, it's talking about that. And, they, but they even talk about like, even Roger Waters is like, yeah, like no one had fun making this and it's a flawed, it was, it was a flawed project. It didn't come out and it was just this emotional like train wreck of a movie.
5: <laughs> but so. Roger but Roger and Ebert said it was good so
2: <laughs> it must be good these two guys yeah
5: yeah cause we know they have just such great taste
4: in movies yeah
2: so I yeah I, I would agree with Mags I think you guys said exactly right just watch like a, a supercut of the animation and you can, you can be kind of like oh that's fucked up
4: or and that's I, good
1: or I would even say listen if you're interested oh. in Pink Floyd listen to the wall listen to the wall repeatedly <laughs> just no what really like, up. listen l- to
3: the wall again right
1: well I'm saying like listen to the album and like really stew in that because that is where one you get the story the most right. and. It, once you actually like get that down, then move on to the movie. Mm. Because as somebody who didn't listen to The Wall, like I just thought that this was a movie that was up its own ass right. more times than not. Yeah. And it was just one of those things of me going like, Oh my God, how much is left? Oh, I've only watched 20 minutes. Neat.
5: <laughs> yeah,
3: I, I, I found a, a, YouTube, a series of short YouTube videos, uh, 11 of them, And I was worried that these had all been uploaded before the, like, when you could just make 10-minute YouTube videos. And I was like, dear God, dear God in heaven. (laughs) Um, Some of them were longer than 10 minutes, but some of them were shorter. So I think it averaged out to whatever you said, hour, 20 minutes. It Um, says
2: 95 minutes.
3: Yeah, no, there are definitely parts of this movie where it felt like it had been going on forever. And
2: I I think that's just a, a problem of, like, they clearly... It's, I think it's adaptation sickness. It's yeah. adaptation sickness, and it's like, you're, but it's an adaptation of something which it's not like you're adapting a book where you're allowed to play with the format. It's like, no, no, the album's going in the background. You have to go to the music, and so I think I think that contributed to it.
3: Yeah. Start yeah. Dark Side mm-hmm. of the Moon, then go ahead and start watching. Yeah. If you
2: sink, if you sink the wall to uh, <laughs> the
3: wall,
4: you get hot what, garbage. <laughs> you get double.
2: You get double waters.
1: Oh boy. I mean I as I kinda mentioned before, I can appreciate this as a as somebody's telling of a story that they want to do. It's right. it's detailing a lot of very personal feelings and issues that they're dealing with. So on one end, like I can totally understand that and I can appreciate it. But the movie itself is up its own butt. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah. No, I see like literally, part of the problem is it was a butt. There was a butt. It yeah, th- <laughs> was, <laughs> was a, there was a butt.
1: screaming <laughs> butt with teeth and it there was was literal was it butt? shit
2: on the camera. Yeah.
1: Yes.
3: yes. Like uh, like, a lot of them, like, while I was watching the movie, I was like, this guy is so pretentious, this guy is so up his own ass, like, he's so self-centered. Like, when you tell me that this is his actual history, I'm like, oh, that puts a lot of things into perspective. It's yeah, um, it's, And I think yeah. you have to, like, this isn't um, uh, something that you can come into unaware and be able to enjoy it. Like, this isn't, like, listening to a symphony where you can, that can exist without, like, authorial intent and authorial, like, context. Right. You Mm -hmm. have to have that in this case. Like, it is essential to uh, enjoying, you can't see my massive finger quotes (laughs) listeners, um, or, like, appreciating or, like, listening to this critically or getting the whole context of it. Like, like, I am not usually one, uh, you buy me a couple drinks and I will yell at you about how authorial intent is, at best, an interesting footnote. (laughs) In this case, it is, like, really critical to understanding the piece to understand that it is autobiographical. Right, yeah. Um, and without that sort of knowledge, and at least a little bit of background understanding, this is not
4: pleasant.
1: And without knowing that the main character's name is Pink! It's... They don't say it at all! They, say it? they said it, like, say it. a couple times.
5: It's... But the part that killed me is... I, like, until... Until like halfway into the movie, or not even halfway, I didn't realize he was supposed to be a musician.
2: Yeah, I wasn't yeah. 100%.
3: like percent. I was like, <laughs> "Are you Freddie Mercury? Like <laughs> a <laughs> low rent Freddie evil, Mercury? Evil Freddie
2: Mercury?" <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, I would have been pissed if that was supposed to be Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But poor Luke, Freddie, Freddie like, Mercury, who
3: are you supposed to?
1: <laughs> but that, if... but suddenly just goes, "It's a killer queen." <laughs> <And
3: you're> like, <laughs> oh yeah! No, I want I she... want this musical now. Like, <laughs> when you see him as
5: an adult, he just. Friggin' sitting there watching TV or he's lying in bed and it's not until you see him actually... With the groupie scene, then I was like, oh, no, he's like, a musician.
3: Like, you're in some sort of the- theatrical endeavor because you're backstage and you have a trailer, but, like, I still don't know who you are. Yeah.
5: Well, yeah, I, not until the, he takes the groupie to the room and she's like, oh, this is your guitar. Oh, and, and
1: the random bro- blowjob scene. Oh, God. Oh, the, uh, de- yeah. Okay, yeah so, oh, like, that was again, so the in a Trail of
3: women. In a, movie, yeah.
2: in a movie in which they're already, like, cutting the one of the best songs in the album out because the segment didn't work like what like that that song like I think they could have just left that song cause that, that song is a weird like is a weird like tangent in the middle of the album uh, for, for young lust and I don't know why they decided to put that in the movie because all it establishes is that like he gets with a groupie yeah
4: yeah and so it, or he doesn't he even does get it. with a groupie he's
5: so out of Mine on drugs. It's so dark. He takes her inside the room, turns on the TV, and watches it, despite the fact that he brought her to his room. Okay, so but I mean,
4: disturbed. it wasn't. But now, now, hold on a second. It wasn't him bringing her into the room. He, she, kind of basically forced followed. her way in and followed him in. So no, no, kind of of... he tried to stop her. Yeah, didn't I was gonna
5: cry. say why. Like, you could like... lock the door. Because
2: he's powering up for his rock and roll freakout. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apparently,
5: he just needed someone to witness his madness. That was the point. Yeah. Well, and that then, was uh, the only point. I think
1: they get away with they they attempt to get away with it by doing stuff of her just going going like oh so this is your guitar like completely showing of like oh she doesn't really care like oh this is the guitar you made the song with like uh, or seeming like she was more interested in his actual work but more just being like oh this thing makes music Neato.
2: Yes. you just you're yeah you're not giving my art the proper seriousness you don't I'm know more. who i am i'm so you dark and mysterious yeah, don't understand, understand know, my no, struggle
3: no, no, man. Like there's the kind Obviously of like self-imposed out. isolation that like from the outside can only appear like jaded and self-centered right like mm-hmm. the kind of person who like when you ask them how they are and they tell you Oh, like I said that I'm fine, but I didn't mean it, and I like I just wanted you to like chase the answer out of you. No, I'm not going to do that. Right, <laughs> like that's not fair. <laughs> he doesn't fair talk of you. at all. I,
5: except yeah.
2: when he's a Nazi. Yeah, except yeah. Except when well, he's well okay,
3: that doesn't count because. Right, like, I understand now that, like, now that I know that the singer, the actual singer, that this is an autobiographical portrayal yep. has depression, and, like, this is about his struggles with depression. I'm like, oh, I see that. Like, that—that that is context I needed before this. Right. Because before that, it just seemed like you were, like, pathologically isolating yourself and then blaming everyone else on, for it. Uh,
2: blaming on your mother.
3: And yeah. your wife, who you didn't pay attention to when right. she was, like, yeah, yeah.
2: It, it, it never actually says quite why what, what happened transpires between him and his wife, but I think it's implied, yeah, he's, like, neglectful, because he's so... Well, like,
3: he's laying there trying to watch a soccer, or like, a football game, and doing not me wrong, like, I, I watch football, but, like, and, like, you shouldn't have to have sex with your partner every time they want to have sex, but, like, to not even acknowledge her... While she's trying to, like, be vulnerable and intimate with you. He's
2: he's watching it with, like, the kind of dead-eyed stare that he's clearly somewhere in his own head right now. Right.
3: Yeah. So, like, like, it's very clear, like, he's not connecting. And, like, without the, without, like, the added benefit of knowing that, like, this is actually talking about his struggle with depression, like, it feels like that kind of self-imposed isolation that, like... Oh, nobody, nobody really cares, man. Well, that's because you never talk about it. Like, how <laughs> yeah. am I supposed to care about your problems if you never talk to me about your problems? He
5: doesn't say anything when he's in that
3: state. Like, yeah, like if this were one of my friends, it would be like, well, I'd slap the yeah. shit out of you. It, it reminds I me. Wouldn't.
1: I I remembered I had a friend in Atlanta that you know would be would go to these parties with me and would do salvia and then just be gone. And it's like, what the hell? I'm. What am I supposed to do with you?
3: Right. Or like, like I have a friend who I love dearly. But, like, when he's having a hard time and you're like, hey, buddy, it seems like you're having a hard time, he'll say, no, I'm okay. And then, like, later he'll be like, I was really upset that you didn't, like, ask. And I'm like, I did, once. And you told me you were okay and I wanted to respect your boundaries. You can't expect people to, like, dig after. Yeah. You can't expect people to break down that wall. Like, you have to do it yourself, which is, like, the end of the movie. The The whole point is that he figures that out. But, like, it is, he's. it feels like he is the kind of insufferable person that I... Cannot suffer, uh, yes. I guess. Um, <laughs> like, for the first two-thirds of the movie, like, you're just like, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
4: In I other mean, words, Mags it... will suffer no fools. <laughs> nope. i It's just like, it's the <laughs> worst it part. It's like you,
5: you were saying, she was putting herself out there to be like, hey, look at me, I'm taking my clothes off, let's have sex, and he's totally ignoring her. Then they show a scene later where she's in bed, obviously asleep, by the way, and he reaches out to touch her, and she turns away in her sleep. And he's like, "Oh, uh.
3: this is a symbol. Like it's uh. again, it's super clear like this dude has issues with women." Yes. It, it's yeah. it's
5: like, "Okay, I understand you're having troubles, but don't forget start feeling sorry for yourself after someone actually reaches out for you and then you try to make it seem like they're not paying any attention to you." <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm. No, don't granted. I wonder how much of this is the guy's actual troubles, and how much of this is actually the movie's portrayal of said yeah, troubles. sure. Like right. there
3: is no way to portray something as complex and uh, like crippling as depression can be in like the ten minutes that you're given of his glassy-eyed stare with it, uh, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. So like it's not be like. A movie tackling themes it is ill-equipped to handle. Right, right. <laughs> it's opening a can of worms and then leaving you with it. All right. right.
1: So should we do last call on uh, yeah. on, on this? Uh, what, are, what are our feelings going around? I'll start and say, if you like Pink Floyd, listen. If you don't, don't. If you are interested
4: in Pink Floyd, listen to the album. Maybe watch a live version and then watch this. So with my feelings, I have become a little bit more interested in Pink Floyd, so I'm probably going to go back and listen to the album to, to get a different experience of it now and to kind of see, maybe, uh, as you had mentioned, the live show and kind of compare the experience. It's, it's, mo- it's way more accessible as an album. Yeah. And so, th- the narrative is basically the same.
2: Um, it's, 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 kind of a, it's kind of a bad sign when, like, yeah, the narrative is the same whether or not there are visuals with it and it's a movie. <laughs>
4: <laughs> right.
2: Audio-visual experience, everyone. Sabrina?
5: I tried like I I gave this this was my second time trying to give Pink Floyd a chance and You they tried just, to let Pink
1: Floyd into your heart. I
5: tri- <laughs> I tried and he just totally killed it for me with the visuals in this movie. So like if you if you like Pink Floyd already go for it. If if you don't really like Pink Floyd then I don't think you're going
3: to like the this movie either.
2: And Oh, I don't know if we're going order. Well, well, you, you well, already well, jumped order, but
3: yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, watch the supercut. Yeah. If you like Pink Floyd, you'll probably like this. Uh, if you don't, and you have an hour and a half to spare, and and like a fat joint, like
1: <laughs> if okay. you have a lot of drugs, <laughs> <then>. <laughs> a lot <laughs> the, of drugs, this can either be a good or a bad trip. Yeah, so
3: I like. I was like thinking, like, oh man, maybe I should try to find something and watch it with that, and and then like, well, I was like, dude, I would not want a trip to this. Like, I. Didn't, like. I had some intense moments sober. Yeah, it's not, um, it's yeah. not fun. Do you no, do you no. want
1: the butt demon screaming at you? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good ride. No, dude. Mm. Yeah. So
3: like, I guess if you like Pink Floyd already, uh, you've already seen this. Yeah, that's probably um, true. <laughs> yeah. If you don't like Pink Floyd, then what? Like I said, watch the supercut. Like, there's some cool imagery in it. But like, find a good supercut on YouTube. Don't subject yourself to this.
2: Yeah, and Eric if you wanted a last go oh, I was just going to say like, I think that's fair it's not it's not a good introduction to Pink Floyd or the music listen to the album probably better and it's one of those ones like if you listen to the album and you're like stoked for it like okay watch the movie like, okay that's kind of cool. It
3: is more of what you want yes. Yes. this is not something you thought you wanted before the movie will not convince you to want it and
2: I also totally would understand like if someone who's a big Pink Floyd fan would watch this I can actually also see like watching the movie is like not fun it's like the, the music there's so much more to that I think. And it's kind of lost with the, with the film. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's Pink Floyd's The Wall. It sure is.
1: And do you know what, uh, what, what else can be your introduction? You can have your introduction to Mark Hamill. <gasps> Because it's Mag's pick Ooh, next week. Oh, boy.
3: Oh. We're Mag- going to talk about Speaking, another adult-oriented uh, movie.
1: Speaking of drugs. <laughs> Speaking of <laughs> drugs and, in <laughs> the 70s. And somehow way more Nazis than what we yes. had in this. Oh, my goodness I, I was gracious. like, you know what?
2: Let's do the wall. And I was like, there's a weird neo-Nazi scene. And Mag's just like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> How about
1: film clips of Hitler? I can do that in my movie. Let's get some propaganda up in
2: here. What oh.
3: Yeah, yeah. This oh, is a movie, yeah, I, I'll tell you my backstory. That movie. I on the episode. This
2: is the, a movie designed to hit all of my pleasure and pain centers simultaneously.
3: <laughs> should should we not be sitting next to each other? Then I'm feeling a little awkward. Oh no. Um, yeah. So next week, uh, in our the second in our triplet of in the bleak midwinter, um, we we're doing Ralph Bakshi's the uh, wizards. No, the just wizards. No article. Um, from 1977. And it is so 1977. Oh, God. I
2: think the only more 70s film we could have picked is, like, Zardoz. <laughs>
3: what? This, I I really I
2: think this is the Zardoz of animation.
3: Oh, God. I don't think it's that bad. I think it's super weird and not... It's, it's, like, there's a few points of... Uh, whatever. I, we'll, I, we'll get we into we it. We have an episode for let's that. Let's get, get yeah,
1: ready for this. It's almost as if it's the next episode. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and do this. Thank you all uh, once again for listening to the Saturday Friends Club and making us part of your weekly journey of, you know, audio podcast fun. Um you can find us over at satfriendsclub.com. Also on Twitter at @satfriendsclub. Uh, we do have our Patreon and our lovely Patreon subscribers that keep us going every year uh, and uh, what well, you're giving points I, to me. I was going to say
2: well, we can always we can always edit this. If we need to, but we have a friend of our show and former and, and former guest here uh, Dan Vincent has, uh, he will have some commentary which you want to add in because he really wants to say things about oh, this yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, let's, let's make sure that that gets added in here. Uh, so Dan, who is part of our Patreon group, and thank you very much, uh, yes. heard that we were going to do The Wall, so uh, he's got a little bit to say. Hopefully, if he sends in a file, you will hear it at this particular beat. Beep?
0: The Wall, Pink Floyd's 1979 double album, is a masterpiece. A flawed masterpiece, but even those who dislike the band would admit to several of its high points. Spearheaded by bassist Roger Waters, The Wall is mostly a semi-autobiographical wankfest about Waters' childhood and his life on the road. There's plenty of contributions by the other band members, particularly David Gilmour, but The Wall is far more Waters than any previous album. Since The Wall bowed late in November 1979, its popularity was really felt in the 1980s. It hit right when MTV was starting up, and musicians of all stripes were starting to meld their music with audiovisual production. Pink Floyd was no stranger to this, as their live shows were renowned spectacles of excess, featuring videos and images projected onto Mr. Screen, a huge circular projection screen above the band. Perhaps the most famous, or infamous, were the inflatable animals used in the Animals Tour, known for sometimes wandering away from their venues. The album The Wall was started after a famous Waters anecdote when he got into fights with fans at shows. He found himself metaphorically walled off from the very people he was trying to entertain. And this served as the springboard to examine his life and the role of his band and its fame in the world. You could explain a lot of The Wall's content from this viewpoint, but The Wall just wasn't an album. Pink Floyd, by the late 1970s, was a music-making juggernaut. Having all the money they could want from the breakout success of Dark Side of the Moon, they could afford to be experimental. Albums like Animals and Wish You Were Here were less accessible than Dark Side, despite Wish You Were Here's number one single of the same name. Pink Floyd was a force, and they had to keep topping the spectacle. What bigger spectacle could there be than a multimedia extravaganza? The Wall's film came together because a few Brits just called each other saying they wanted to work together, and it spiraled from there. The Floyd and Gerald Scarfe came together to produce themed work for the album. The live show and the film shared many elements with Scarfe's contributions showing up in the album's artwork as well. Since the subject of My Friend's show is about the impact media has on us in our formative years and the effects of nostalgia, it's time for some context. I was born in 1983, the year that Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 had a lot of rotation on MTV. My oldest brother had a copy of The Wall and other Floyd albums, and they had a good amount of radio play as well. Avoiding the Floyd would have been very difficult in the 1980s and 1990s. I only knew the band for a few hits, particularly Another Brick in the Wall Part 2 in my before teen years. As a teenager, I dove headfirst into Floyd when I got into middle school, and even more in high school. In the late 90s, the teen deadhead prog fan was a natural counterculture reaction to the music at the time, preferring something, quote, good from the past, versus the infections of boy bands and Britney on the radio. Even though Nirvana was a reaction against bloated acts like Floyd, they ironically were a gateway into people getting into stuff seen as passé in the 90s. And when you're a teenager, you flirt real hard with your edgelord phase. Some people, like PewDiePie and Logan Paul, don't grow out of it. The vast majority of us recognize it as dumb and stupid, and we move on to be better people. I always loved Floyd's riffs, even though I didn't get deeper into their albums until college. Dark Side and the Wall were what I knew. I learned how to play money and us and them on my guitar. We joked around that Run Like Hell was just one note, literally for the bassist. Hell, half my username that I've had for over 20 years is part of From the Band, so I was already fairly familiar with The Wall before I watched the film. Unfortunately, the film is just not very good. It has some excellent segments, particularly Gerald Scarf's animations, but it's basically an hour-and-change-long music video. The plot is threadbare. Pink Floyd, the titular character, is struggling with his childhood problems on tour and descends into a drug-fueled withdrawal. That's it. When you're a teenager, this seems really deep and interesting, as it was when the first time I saw the movie. But that's because you care more about, we don't need no education. Da-da, 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 da-da. You look at young pink and think, hey, that's me. My teachers stifle my creativity too. But it's not what you think it is as a teen. It's not saying what you think it is either. Now, 20 years later, I look back at the film and the indelible image of Gerald Scarfe's scratchy paint and pencils still stay with me. They are the centerpiece of the movie, and still hold up. The images of Goodbye Blue Sky are perhaps the most powerful, but my favor will always be Empty Spaces. Cut from the album in favor of the abridged What Shall We Do Now, Empty Spaces is a lovely piece of music and animation, with morphing cars, the crushing wall of consumerism, and the screaming face that we see in the album liner. Of course, more people remember the sequence before Empty Spaces that Gerald Scarfe dubbed The Thicken Flowers on the DVD commentary, but it's not as visually impressive as the actual scenes of the wall building itself from the pieces of capitalist society. The Marching Hammers and The Butt Judge may have worked their way into our popular culture, somewhat, as the lasting image of the film. As a piece of art, it did not affect me material in the way that the actual album did. More people know Gerald Scarfe, albeit somewhat indirectly, as the production designer for Disney's Hercules, which takes its character design sensibilities and puts the indelible Disney veneer over it. Scarf designed almost all of the characters in the film, and his sketches for Hades feel just at home with one of the hell creatures from the wall. Scarf's style permeates that film, making it almost a baby brother to the wall, but the well-adjusted, better-looking baby brother that doesn't cause too much mischief. Now, in the year of Our Lord 2018, Waters' fears about neo-Nazis and British nationalists don't seem quaint, but very real. Though the movie seems comical in how Pink's dream world transforms him into a skinhead leader, it's hard not to see the parallels of how real life managed to somehow mimic the satire. There's so much in the film that doesn't hold up, or is tainted by its early 80s production, like the fact that Roger Waters' attitude about and towards women of the time seep into the film. No woman gets a positive trait or portrayal, But then again, no other character does either. Pink's cheating wife leaves him, his mother's paranoia and structure stifles him, and female groupies only want to use him. Such was the problems of the rock star in the 1980s and 1970s, though the film has enough awareness to show that Pink is generally the creator of his own destruction, with the exception of most of his mother. It is a self-centered film in more ways than one. Rewatching The Wall made me examine myself more than the film. Ways I've changed in 20 years, and how the movie has stayed the same. I don't wear Floyd shirts anymore. I don't put Floyd lyrics in my fanfics. But I still enjoy hearing the booming brass of In the Flesh, or air guitaring to the bridge of Hey You, a wonderful song shamefully cut from the film. Being able to separate that phase of my life from the music on its own was a key part of growing up. And while the film doesn't exactly help with that, it does show another side of the music's creator, which gave a lot of context to Pink Floyd as a performing group. The lesson imparted onto me at the time, as well as now, is this. Don't invest too much of your identity in a piece of media. Learn it, enjoy it, but don't let it rule your life. Otherwise, you might find yourself ending up like the marching hammers instead of the hopeful children at the end of the story. Beep. That
1: was the period of time that Dan talked. All right. All cool, right. um, and uh, and if you want to, we do have the Patreon over there where you can uh, get some lovely prizes. You can, you know, go check us out. Uh, there technically still is a a reward to see Martin's what is uh, you know what is erotic thing listed up there. Oh, my God, he did make mistakes. Um, <laughs> mistakes were made, and then more <laughs> mistakes were made.
4: It just kept just more and more mistakes
1: until. Oh, well. oh
2: god. But oh, um oh no.
1: we do have we do have that over there. We also have the Discord and by the way it just helps us out go ahead and put forward the show and take care of some of the uh, the expenses that we incur from producing this for you guys.
2: Send okay. your tweets
1: at us and they will explode into blood and guts like the pigeon. <laughs>
3: god, only more tweets did that. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I knew a few people. I wouldn't mind their tweets doing that constantly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So uh, that is uh, that is the show this week. Next week, as said, we will be handling wizards, not the wizard. Not we're not seeing cute kids play video games. We're <laughs> watching actual seventies wizards on weird two legged. It's, it's a thing. Let's do it next week. We are our our
2: bodies are collectively ready for this. Oh boy! Oh, boy.
1: All right. We will catch you next week for more Saturday Friends fun. Till then. Sleep well everyone.
5: Bye! Ah!